0: What's good, everyone? Al Jeter here with another Knicks episode of the Knicks, Jets, Etc. podcast. And with me, is Ocean and buddy, my pal, the man with the plan, the one and only, the one and only, John Malika. But before we ask John how he's doing, guys, if you listen to this podcast on any audio platform, please make sure to subscribe. We're on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, Amazon, Alexa, Stitcher, you name it. We are there. there. If you listen to us on Spotify or Apple, please make sure to give this podcast a five-star rating. And if you listen to us on Apple, please make sure to leave a comment that just helps us out. We're also on YouTube now. So make sure to subscribe to the channel, Knicks, Jets, ETC, period. No one writes out, et cetera, fully. That's just insane. (laughs) While you're there, hit that notification bell. Subscribe. That way you know when a new episode drops. And while you're there, leave a comment when you watch a video. Hit the like button. It's just a kind thing to do. It's polite. We like to interact with you. While you're also there, we got winning picks weekly. John, video producer Greg, usually go down the NFL slate. It's March Madness. These guys are going through it. If you haven't checked it out yet, John, Greg, Chip, they all go through the Sweet 16, give you their future. So make sure to go listen to them. Place your bet it bets in. Do it responsibly. All right. They give you the spreads, money line, overs, unders. Yeah. If you Hell need yeah. to go, if you need, if you need a cover, these guys got you. It's on right Wes. now, baby.
2: Sweet 16.
0: Huh? Sweet 16 is <laughs> on right now, baby. It is on right now. Who you got? Who you got winning? Who's your top guy? It's
2: Arizona, baby. If Arizona loses, I'm done. So we'll see. Hopefully, Greg's Houston doesn't uh, doesn't overtake us, but. <laughs> I'm, I'm not worried. I'm not worried. Minus nine and a half. I'll take it.
0: Let's go. All right. All right. There you go. Make sure to go check out the rest of that. So you, that way, you know what these guys are choosing. And last and certainly not least, we're on all social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, you name it. We are there. John, man, how are you doing today, bro? How are you feeling? What's going on today? I'm good,
2: man. I'm good. The Charlotte Hornets got smacked. I wish it was when I was there, <laughs> but... You know we're we're okay now. Um, a timely a timely win. I also wish we played like this against the Hawks. But how dude, many the, wins the, have
0: you watched this season? How many? Because you were at the Hawks I game. Have this no week. Idea, I have
2: no idea, bro. <laughs> yeah, have they lost it's, every single time? Definitely you've been under five hundred. Definitely under five hundred <laughs> this
0: year. <laughs> yeah. Yo, tough, you because you were there year. for when they played the you were there for the Hornets the back to back between the Hornets and the Timberwolves and you went that also that week against the Pelicans. You Yo, called three the, straight. Next one
2: zero and three that week. I also went zero three that week. Yep. Oh, my God. Yep. Lost to the Jazz. Lost to the Bulls. Yeah, I had a tough season, man. Tough season. But the Knicks just sucked this year, so it's not really my fault. uh but <laughs> the baby it your Knicks, fault? Or is it your Knicks. fault? And we don't know. Yeah, I know. I mean, <laughs> yeah. who knows? Knicks Twitter could blame anyone for anything these days. So I, it could be me uh, tomorrow. But for now, I'm just hyped about the baby Knicks, man. OB playing like Sean Marion out there, like get, getting his stroke. Uh, when he's not looking at the bench, looking at – Pretty comfortable out there. I I like it, man. I like it, and I don't know. Did Julius Randle play his last game with the Knicks? I mean, him and him and Mitch Robinson having sore quads was just so interesting. Uh, but you know, this is what it is, man. I'm hyped right now. We got we got R.J. Barrett. You know, articles stinking up the joint on our time timeline, getting something to be mad at. I'm I'm staring at the schedule for the Hornets and the Knicks at this
0: point. You know how it is, man. Just just another day. It's another day in Knicks land. I I totally, I feel you, man. I feel you. But it was a good win against the Hornets. It was something to live high off of to see the young guys playing well, especially Obi Toppin, man. Obi Toppin was quite phenomenal, man. 40 minutes for Mr. Toppin, but I don't want to go into it just yet, man, because we got a special guest with us today to get into all this. Guys, you may know this. You may know this man around the streets, Nick's universe right now, Nick's universe, (laughs) Nick's Twitter, Nick's content creation, man's up and coming. I'm happy to, I get to call this man a colleague, man. Given the hot takes, given the great analysis on Knicks fan TV. If you guys don't know who I'm talking about right, right now, you guys are out of the loop. My guy, our guy, JD Sports Talk. JD, what's going on, bro? How you feeling today?
1: How you feeling, guys? How you feeling, Alex? Uh, John, uh, shout out to your podcast. I'm, I'm happy to be here. And, and you know, I'm, I'm ready to talk sports, Knicks, whatever you want to talk about. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm just happy to be here and uh, yeah, let's get to it, man. Ready.
0: Yeah, man. We're happy to have you here, man. Like I said, you were like, I could call you the RJ Barrett of, uh, (laughs) of Nick's content creation, man. You just skyrocket. Everyone's like, who's this guy? Everyone's just like, hop, hopping on the, on your bandwagon, bro. Everyone's like, yo, JD. I'm watching the Knicks, watching, the, I'm in the chat, man. I'm seeing, everyone's asking, where's JD at? Where's JD at? <laughs> <laughs> Truly like the RJ Barrett syndrome we got for you right now. So kudos to you, man. And we're happy to have you here. Get, break down some Knicks stuff, man. We'll get into some football stuff later because for those of you that don't know, if you haven't checked out JD's channel, yeah, even though I know that JD's kind of shut it down to focus on Knicks fan TV, this man talks about everything. You want to talk about sports, this guy, just anything you want to talk about. Scott, we will talk about sports with you. So we'll probably get into some football stuff later. But, J.D., man, I want to hear your thoughts, man. We want to know your thoughts on uh, these past couple of games. The Atlanta Hawks, the Knicks lost to the Atlanta Hawks. They just beat the Charlotte Hornets. How are you feeling this week? What do you got going on?
1: <laughs> well, I mean, this week, you know, when you look at specifically the last two games, you know, I think the headline is uh, Julius Randle, uh, you know, not playing. And then what's happened after that? in terms of the opportunity to see some other players on the team play. Um, I think at this point, you know, I know that, I mean, I I don't know what's the perfect scenario, right? Is the perfect scenario seeing the young guys play and you want them to play well. And if they play well, like last night, they're going to run into some wins. Um, But then at the same time you have the lottery situation going on right now. So, you know, there's, I think you take it day by day and you see how it goes but I think the early headline is Julius Randle not playing. Seeing Obi Toppin get some minutes now. He had ten points and seven rebounds against the Hawks. We saw what he did tonight, where he has six assists and no turnovers. Um, Eighteen points, eleven rebounds. I think the eleven rebounds is also notable because you know this is a, a, a tweener and a guy that's not mm-hmm. really known as a strong rebounder. Um, and I, I mean, with this team, Alex and John, there's just so many headlines week to week whether we're winning, whether we're losing, when you talk about the head coach, when you talk about Julius Randle, when you talk about RJ Barrett's continued development, his continued ascension, um, I mean, pick your poison and and you can talk about it. So the last two games, very encouraging. And again, let's see how this goes because now Julius is out, Robinson is out. We'll see if he comes back. But I think you know, I'm excited. I'm excited to see because this team has so many young guys. There's so many draft picks. There's so many young guys. And if you start to look at every single player, they all have their own story. Whether it's Obi, Deuce, uh, Mitchell Robinson, contract year. RJ, 20 points per game. You know, (laughs) quickly, what's his, you know, quickly, what's his ceiling? Like every single player on this team, Jericho Sims, can he be a starting center in the future? So what's most interesting about this specific roster is the amount of young players that they have and they're all likable. Like the fans want to see everyone play. You may not be a fan of Obi, Um, You may not be a fan of IQ in terms of their game styles, but you, you want to root for them and you want to see them play. So it's a very interesting year. It's going to be an interesting finish and it's going to be an interesting offseason.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, is there any player in particular outside of RJ that you want to see continued development. I mean, I know Cam Reddish is like somebody that we'd all want to see because you gave up a first round pick for this guy, regardless if it's a protected top 18, 19 pick, whatever it was, you get him in house. You only have one more season on him. And from the limited minutes that we saw him play on this team, you know, he has that tantalizing uh, just talent, bro. Like he just gets to the cup very easily. He's able to shoot the ball really well. He just offers you a different dimension that this team has not seen in quite some time. Unfortunately, he's injured. It doesn't seem like it's a serious injury. So we'll see him back next season. Hopefully, he's fully recovered, able to play healthy and stay healthy because there is some slight injury concern with Cam Reddish, uh, even when he was down in Atlanta. But, you know, hoping that he can make a strong comeback and return, come make a strong return. But is there anyone else outside of Cam that you want to see like, in the last, what, 10, 11 games, just take off and
1: show you more promise? I may surprise you with this player um, because I think, I guess if you take him out of the equation, Obi might be the quick, the initial answer, um, just because of the immediate connection with Randall, lottery mm-hmm. pick. Um, I think he's heading into an important offseason. But I'm going to go with Deuce McBride. And the reason I'm going to say Deuce McBride is because I think if Randall's out, Obi's gonna automatically run into minutes. I mean, you saw last night; he had 40, right? And, and him, him responding that way, I think I'm not saying he's gonna average 40 in Randall's absence, but he's gonna get enough minutes to where you're gonna be able to evaluate him. I still don't know where we're gonna go with with Deuce. Um, you know, even last night he didn't come into a few minutes into the second quarter. And listen, when I look at you know what he could be, you know, I look at some of the impact that Patrick Beverly has had on the Miss Minnesota Timberwolves this year. And I look at Deuce and I say, can Deuce become a less confrontational uh, Miles McBride, right? Because Miles doesn't seem like he, he has the encore antics as Patrick mm-hmm. Beverly. But and and I know with Miles McBride, there's the conversation of is he a point guard? But I'm not looking at it that way because I just think that the future point guard of this team is not on this roster, right? I I don't think he's on this roster yet. And so can Deuce be a pivotal future rotational player? And what happens, Alex and John, is when you get to this portion of the season, if players like him don't get an opportunity, right? Next season, I don't know that he will. I know a lot of people tend to say that, like, oh, their time will come. But if this roster is upgraded, right? Let's say a Jalen Brunson or whoever comes into this team, then he takes a hit potentially could take a hit. So I want to see more of him now so that the front office can gain confidence in him. I mean, we've seen the last few games against Portland, he was one for one from three. Against the Hawks, he was one for one from three. And against the Hornets, he was three of three. Uh, he was three of four. He hit, took a garbage shot three, which made it three of four. But he shot 41%, well, 41.4% from three last season at West uh, Virginia, 50% in summer league. in the G League from three. I mean, I firmly believe this guy can hit the NBA three. And when you look at a guy that can hit an NBA three, play defense, is gritty, is tough. I don't care about the position. Whether it's the one or the two, that's a guy you want in a future rotation. He has the early elements of a player that you have in a rotation of a championship team in terms of the qualities that he could bring. And so I think Deuce could be an important player of the future, I just don't know that he's going to get enough minutes to where the front office is confident in actually building him into the rotation um, for the future. So to me, it's Miles McBride. Okay, John, what do you think about that, man? What do you think about Miles McBride being
0: JD's uh, guy to check out? Well, I mean, we all love
2: McBride. And obviously, that's the biggest issue right now with the Knicks is point guard situation. So I agree with him. He should definitely be getting these minutes right now. And he's totally right. Like I completely agree with you. By next year, if you're not getting minutes now, we're going to literally add – point if we don't add point guards to the Knicks next year, I'm, my head's going to explode. So I'm going to go with the fact that the Knicks are going to add point guards to the situation, and then there's going to be less opportunity for him. Plus, D. Rose is coming back. You know what I mean? Remember that guy? So I I, I also agree with JD's point that what else can the guy do? Like He kind of alluded to it, but, like, what else do you want him to do? Everything, every task that he's being asked to complete, he's passing with flying colors. And so is Jericho Sims, right? You could argue that OB's taking some time, IQ's taking some time, you know, to kind of mold into their system. But everything that the other two players have been asked to do, they're passing with flying colors. So I'm excited for both of them to really be up and coming. If you're going to ask me one person, I'm going to pick Jericho Sims just because I was so excited seeing his name. You know, in the starting lineup, I didn't realize that Mitch was hurt. So it made sense after, but I was like, whoa, what's happening here? But that excites me because it it gives us, it's one thing for Miles McBride to give us depth. It's another thing for Jericho Sims to make our centers expendable. You know what I mean? He's going to, he's not a depth player. He's going to be like a starting role or like high minutes type of player. So he kind of tells us what we can do with Mitch Robinson, his contract coming up. He tells us what we have to do with Noel, right? Whether Noel's going to stay, whether he can be expendable behind him. You know what I mean? A Sims Noel, that's a free center. So, And also it fits to Tibbs' mold of like, we don't really give the ball to the center to put his butt to the basket. We kind of just like want tip-ins, rebounds, spread the floor. So it all kind of fits. I, I love that Obi is showing that he can play the Julius Randle role, right, of the power forward. That's kind of what we were worried about, right? Because, like, if we trade Randle, if, you know, like everyone kind of wants right now, including Randle, it looks like, <laughs> um, can Obi step in? You know what I mean? And that that's important, you know what I mean, to, to see that he could step in. I'm not too worried about the whole RJ thing. I know we're going to get into it. I, I don't think this is RJ having to prove that he's the number one. I I, I don't think this is what this is all about. He's obviously getting better, but JD alluded to one thing. I'm going to get, I'm going to get back to it. You said, what, what's the more, you know, what more can you ask for right now for the Knicks? It's the perfect scenario. I'll tell you what the perfect scenario is, man. We win the next six games. (laughs) We have have six games and besides the, the heat are imploding after that, we're getting lucky on every team. Every team is on a bad streak. On the other hand, the Hornets have a ridiculous schedule. So If you're asking me what's the perfect scenario right now, man, it's taking it one game at a time. It's beating the Miami heat and it's watching the Hornets implode on themselves, man. You know, they're signing players to 10 day contracts. Yes. I know his name's Isaiah Thomas, but they're asking him to play like volume minutes, like, you know, play a big role for the team, dude. I don't know. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic about this Knicks team. I, I just, you know, let's see if the young guys could put two games together. What do you think Alex?
0: I mean, I like both of your responses. I think those are like the two best responses between uh, McBride and Sims. And I'm probably going to lean more so to Sims because with the reports of the Dallas Mavericks being interested in Mitchell Robinson, and that's where it comes to the center, because if the Knicks, you know, high priority target is uh, Jalen Brunson, as we got reported from a bleacher report uh, not too long ago, then if the Knicks are interested in Brunson, who's on in Dallas and Dallas is interested in Mitch who's in Mm -hmm. New York, it just seems like a perfect match to do some sort of trade. So I'm interested to see how Sims ends up the season, but I'm also to JD's point, like McBride is an interesting candidate as well, because this is a guy that Thibodeau wanted, right? And if that's, if this is a, a guard that Thibodeau wanted, where does he fit in the future of this team? Especially when you have, Derrick Rose, who has one more year on that contract, is he comfortable being a guy who would be a Udonis Haslem with Taj Gibson as just veterans who are there to be a presence and not looking for minutes? You know, we had the report earlier this season where Derrick Rose said, "You know, he kind of wants to age like Tom Brady. He, he wants to continue to play uh, for a long period of time." He, I mean, he said those words. So, if that's the case, there's a crossroads between McBride. And Derek Rose because quickly not going anywhere. You know Tibbs loves quickly as from the, we've seen from summer league the amount of investment he's put in just coaching him after games. McBride has kind of been pushed to the side by going down going down to the G League. I mean this last game he got 11 minutes, not really anything substantial. But this is where it's like between those two guys, it's valid points to say where are these both these guys going because. As JD pointed out at the beginning of the, sh- the show, like there is so many storylines for each of these young players and is crossing so many other guys. It's just cr- some crazy freaking web that you're just looking at, like how does everything going to connect and how is this all going to play out? So that's, this is where it's one. It's going to be a very important off season. You know, how this front office tackles this off is going to be very important. And I want to see the youth, a lot of this youth get, the, the playing time next season, but John, you talk. I want to I want to touch on before we keep moving along. You because you mentioned best case is the next six games.
1: <laughs> you're gonna say that I knew the next called. six games. <laughs> I want to
0: know like the next six games, like with full like everybody playing, like because I want to see if it's the young kids you're telling me and the like what we're seeing these last couple of games and the next these six games these kids win and make the play in. I could get a little more behind that than just seeing what we saw the entire season and then having to watch that in the play in because that's the, if i have to watch what we've been watching for the last 60 plus games in the playing i'm just going to be pulling out my hair man I, it's just listen, to man. me it's going to be killing me
2: listen listen we are playing the heat where no, 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 we're supposed to are literally through no 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 no
0: no, what is the them. way we're doing this
2: what is the way we're doing it i don't care who plays dude oh, just better be the heat dude i don't care who i don't care who plays i don't care if like so, if Taj plays thirty minutes, you don't care. If Taj plays thirty minutes, we win the game. Yo, I'm hyped. We beat the Heat right now. I'm I'm hyped right now. I have no <laughs> issue. Obviously, that can't happen because Taj's feet might fall off. Right? We saw we saw what feet. happened with. with <laughs> Man, actually, these are gonna buckle, bro. <laughs> I actually, you want to hear something funny? I I I go downstairs and I was talking to my dad. He was saying that on. Uh, Egyptian soccer TV uh, where they just have random highlights and they never have American sports. He started laughing at me. He's like the only highlight I've ever seen <laughs> Trey young cross it up. Taj Gibson, they just randomly bought her on like the Egypt TV. I was like, you gotta be kidding me right now. And he was like mm-hmm. dying laughing. He's like, even he just making fun of you guys, which I thought it was really funny, but poor Taj, man, he came back. He came back strong. He had a really <laughs> strong Hornets game.
1: Man, forget Taj.
2: It's a fun game, man.
1: Yeah, man. I'm done with I'm done with the veterans. What are you um, gonna do?
2: What are you okay? Here's the thing, dude. What are you gonna do? Like Noel is dead, right? Mitch Robinson's hurt, and Sims, you want Sims to play 45 minutes? Like you know, what I'm you wanna put Obi at the five? And then who are you gonna have yeah. at the four? Oh my come on, bro. Come yeah, only, on, Obi can't play the five, just stop.
1: Like, uh, I mean, in small ball opportunities you made, you just want to see just offensively, even if you take a hit defensively, I'm just ready to see the combination just to see if because the pro the, the system now is we we're playing the big center because it's Thibodeau. But if this was Tyron Lue coaching, Obi's playing a lot of five because Tyron Lou be so does bad. he plays small he does whatever he needs to do to just take advantage of certain matchups. Now, you would be right in terms of like I said, it just depends on the matchup. Um if a team is playing small and they're playing a Obi-sized center, then it's okay to put Obi at the 5. But for a few so minutes. So playing with not, the Miami Heat. We don't have this big hypothetical. we playing the Miami Heat next game, right?
2: You don't you don't like Taj. You don't want Taj to play. You want Obi to play to minutes play on 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 my, my man Bam Abad- like he's gonna get killed like we would lose by 75 points. You're not gonna get motherfucked too by Bam.
0: What are we talking about here? <laughs> yeah, he, at least
2: yeah, he can get
1: a rebound. He can he can do something. Of course he can. It, I mean Bam ain't in B. Bam is not in B. So it's not I mean I'll I like I said I'll I'll do it just to um, I mean, you, I guess under the way that they're playing now, he doesn't even have to because he he played 40 minutes last yeah. night and he didn't play much of of center. But um, I wanted to on on the McBride thing, Alex and John. Uh, um, I know you guys said Sims. Another reason why I say McBride is with guys like Sims and Obi, who are two other candidates. To me, those are more guys that I'm gonna be extra excited to see once we get that point guard, because the conversation with them has been, like we see Sims play like 22 or 23 minutes in a night and have one shot, right? So part of the excitement of Sims is his athletic ability, is his ability to catch a lob, but we don't get to see that much. We'll see it maybe once a game, um, but imagine having a point guard that can throw that lob. Imagine having a point guard that can play the pick and roll with him. Um, And we see many times, even on the court now, Tibbs is getting upset um, that players are missing Sims because he'll set the screen, he'll roll, but we're ignoring him on the cut. And it's because we don't have wings, we don't have players other than maybe RJ that have the ability to make that pass and in a confident way, because anybody can make a pass, but are you able to make it in the, in the middle of a game, in a pressure situation? Not everybody has that confidence to make that play. So to me, that's why those are more players that to me, they are wait and see in terms of seeing the ability McBride is a player you can play in now and see what he has. Um, And so the other, uh, the other reason too is quickly, you mentioned quickly, you know, the Knicks at some point are gonna have to make a trade. Exactly. And to me, I'm glad you brought this up. Yeah. And to me, quickly, I, I'm not so sure quickly is gonna be here in the future. Cause when you start looking at the roster and you start looking at potential trades, we're not gonna get top end talent with second round pick players or with end of the bench players. You're gonna have to go into some of those high, you know, first round picks, your your Quentin Grimes, your your quickly, your Obi's, like. Those are going to be some of the guys that other teams are going to ask for. So then you look at your secondary players, uh, your Yoke, uh, Rokas, your your McBride. Are those players that then you can come bring in to replace a player that you potentially have to trade to get better? And is that player ready to assume that role? So, not saying that that's going to happen. I, I honestly don't think quickly is going to get traded this offseason. But you know how the NBA is. Anything can happen. A star could demand a trade and then boom, quickly is out of here. Um, And so that's why I want to see McBride get, uh, you know, more minutes um, so that he can have confidence. And Derrick Rose is the other roadblock. And if you saw that Derrick Rose uh, video, what did he say? He was making fun of people saying, oh, they thought I was done, but they're crazy. Mm That's not a guy that 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 sounds like he's gonna hang it up after one year. That sounds yeah. like a little bit of Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah. And and when you look at a player that has found a way, you know, I'm pretty sure guys like Russell Westbrook want to look at Derrick Rose and they want to say, how did you make it happen? Because you starting to see some <laughs> veterans this year in the NBA. They're into that phase where they're trying to, where they're mentally, they're they're a superstar, but the game, the results are not, are not that. For example, Russell Westbrook, where now you're gonna to have to look to see what are other ways that I can impact the game? And Rose has figured that out without his athleticism. And so to me, that sounds like a player that's here to stay at least for a few more years. And if that's the case, and if Tibbs is gonna be here, then you know Rose is gonna play because we seen it with Taj. Tibbs is loyal to everything, to his players. So I want McBride to play. So that he's forced, just like he did with Grimes, he's forced to make a decision.
0: Yeah. And I, I just want to touch on this before we go on to the next subject. I know I keep saying that, but you bring up like the second round, the value of a second round player. Last year's draft was an anomaly where actually one through 60 was, yeah. you could legitimately <laughs> say, oh, uh, like if Jericho's in this year's draft, you'd be like, oh, this is a first round pick. Uh, you say to him, right, oh, this is a first round pick. I look at Obi top and man quick. I'm like, are these guys actually first round picks in last year's draft? You know, these are questions like I have. So with that being said, if I'm looking at anyone from last year's draft class, I don't even know if you could actually say, you know, maybe there's more cache if they were drafted in the first round, but I think all of them just have talent. Like that's my opinion. Now I'm not saying McBride is going to be this, Top end talent that will net you like some superstar. who he could get you probably a marginal upgrade, like a a good solid role player. But that's just my thought on, on last year's draft in general. Look,
2: I love McBride. <laughs> that pass yesterday was so sick, and he, oh. he he just keeps the ball. I think he could be a point guard. He could be that two guard, like that you know that combo. Guard. He keeps the ball so close to his body, and he has control over the ball. Like you said, you know we're gonna get our point guard JD. Like how up, you don't? You know, I'm crazy and optimistic. Like, Nick's gonna get a point guard. <laughs> like, since when, bro? So at this yeah, point, pressure. like McBride, McBride, he's good, man. I, 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 I do. I would rather get rid of quickly and Randall and some sort of superstar deal than get rid of someone like McBride.
0: Honestly. Mm. Well, since you brought up Randall, let's get into this. Let's get into this conversation. We, we sent out a poll. Uh, earlier this week, were seventy three percent out of one thousand and fourteen people who voted, wow, uh, yeah, we had we had a good amount of people. Seventy three percent voted. We we asked we asked if you had to select one, who would you get? Who would you move move off of? Is it Tom Thibodeau, uh oh, or is it Julius Randall? Out of one thousand fourteen people, seventy three percent chose Julius Randall. Overwhelming. No option Over- for both. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, no. Yeah, no! No no no! We're, we're not doing this. Where we have CK went into the went into the the comments said both. I was like, come on, bro, stop doing this to me. Stop doing this to me. Um, you know how I feel. I, I know see, how you. Honestly, I know if how you, do you
2: both. That's the same old Knicks move. We can't give her to both. Like that's like we, uh, uh, that's a same old Knicks move. Uh, if, you, if you want both, make your case.
0: I, I mean. I mean, JD's made his case numerous times. <laughs> make, it, make
2: your case, make your case on Nick's Jets, etc. I, I,
1: I've I've made my case, man. Um, uh, I mean, you said seventy, you said seventy three picked Randall. Seventy four percent, sorry, seventy four percent out one thousand
0: and fourteen votes chose Julius Randall. So that that's means twenty six percent said Tibbs.
1: Wow, that's a that's a overwhelming. Um, that's like a over a thousand. That's a politics poll. That's a legitimate. One. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Um. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I guess is is difficult <sighs> because I guess when you look at yesterday's game, I guess it's easier to stomach seeing what you saw yesterday, even even in yesterday's game where you had your little. Question marks with Tibbs, McBride hits his third three. He yanks him after that. Like you know, he goes in the fourth quarter. Sims Sims. makes one mistake and it's like get out and pulls crazy on Sims and comes comes to Taj Gibson as if Taj Gibson is that much of an upgrade other than you know mentally. Uh, in terms of defensively, um, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) but I guess when you see all that, but then you still see the kids, like you still see them play. It's more fun to watch that than it is to watch a player come into the court, stagnate the offense, um, complain to the refs every time things don't go his way. He's complaining to the refs. Um, you know, at the end of games, he's going crazy. Uh, he's not showing up to post games when they lose. I know he's, he, to give him credit, he has been doing that more so recently, but he had that big stretch where it was like nine of 10 games or something wild like that where, you know, he wasn't showing up. So that didn't show great leadership at that point. It's so much easier to just see the see the coach since he's not on the court and see the players than it is to see the players. So I understand that, poll. I would get rid of both of them. Because the way that I look at it, I mean, you guys are both NFL fans. You know how this works, man. You saw you saw the Giants with Joe Judge. Joe Judge got two years and everyone would say, how can you do that? You can't do that. He inherited Dave Gettleman. It doesn't make any sense. But at the same time, here's the thing. When you hire someone, eventually, you know what's going to happen. He's going to bring his own guy. So why force? Why why um, delay something that's likely to happen? Right. In other words, This front office, I firmly believe, has put Johnny Bryan in the position to potentially give him the future job. I think there's also a reason why Tibbs has three guaranteed years, although there's a reported five. So I think internally, at least in Leon Rose's mind, there is somewhat of a vision of how they thought this could pan out. Um, But again, I look at this team and you see reports that in year two, tibbs and the front office are not aligned in year two tibbs is telling the front office he didn't want cam reddish in year two tibbs and the front office are not on the same page in terms of who the front office wants to see play and who tibbs wants to see play you have that friction in year two and everyone thought that after the all-star break this was going to change and it hasn't and literally literally circumstances has had to happen, whether it's health and safety protocol, whether it's now Julius is out for Obi to play 40 minutes, whether it's we have to wait the last 15 games of an 82 game season. Like all these things have to happen where it wasn't the coach that designed this to see his own players play, it was things around him. It was a meeting with the front office that had to happen for these things to play. But here's the main thing with Tibbs, because all those things, Your counter argument could be, well, J.D., they could just sit at the office and figure it out. And that's fair enough because they can. They can do that at the end of this season. But here's one thing that I don't think will change. Um, It's been something that he's been criticized in the past and hasn't changed. And in the midst of pressure this season, still hasn't changed. And to me, I don't know how can anyone excuse a coach. Again, I bring the NFL analogy because you guys are NFL fans. You guys see, and baseball, Coach managers in baseball get fired for just two moves in the playoffs. If you cause a team in the playoff series, two games by bringing the wrong relief pitcher, taking the wrong pitcher out, making the wrong lineup, that alone gets you out of there in the NFL. If you have a coach that doesn't have enough timeouts at the end of a fourth quarter, doesn't, doesn't have the, a challenge flag, doesn't have the time management skills, right? Doesn't have the right game plan. It's the right play calls. That is alone. Is enough to get you fired. So now we go to the NBA. Everyone that explains their reasons for why they think Tibbs has not had a great season, it's all reasons that get you fired. They're all reasons. In other words, they're all things that revolves around your skill set, your ability to execute timeouts, out of timeout plays, lineup decisions, rotations, substitution patterns. He contradicts himself in the post game when he says, well, you know, um, I'm I'm, I'm concerned more about defense. We scored enough points. But then he takes out Cam Reddish against the Phoenix Suns for Evan Fournier. And then the Knicks lose that game. Right. I, I hear about the argument about, well, it's a talent issue, J.D. But yet we had a 21 point lead against the Lakers in L.A. with no Anthony Davis, no Carmelo Anthony. I believe I, I'm actually I'm not sure if Carmelo played, but I know they they missed multiple uh, players on that on that game. We had a 21 point lead, we lose. 23 point lead against the Blazers. No Dame Lillard. The only player that played there was Anthony Simons, and we lose that game. In the second uh, against the Brooklyn Nets, 28 point lead against a team that had players making their debut, and I'm not talking about Kevin Durant, and I'm not talking about. James Harden, and I'm not talking about Kyrie Irving, and we lose that game. Was, was it a talent issue in those three games where we were clearly the better team before we even stepped on the court? And who's who should that fall on? I know the players play, but again, it's one of those things, rule of the business. You're the coach, it falls on you. And so, and even in those games, there were questionable decisions that led to those losses. So I don't see how anyone can tell me other than to say, well, he won coach of the year. Okay, he did win coach of the year. How does that change the decision-making? You mean to tell me that you guys are confident that next year, with an improved roster, so we think, Derek Rose back, that he – what's going to change? What's going to change? Notice, Alex, yesterday's game. Notice. You watched the game yesterday. And even with the kids. But notice the template coaching. Obi plays the whole first quarter guys come in at the the beginning. So even though it was just a different set of players, the thinking of the game did not change. So what's going to happen next year is we're going to get the kids, but he's still going to make the same mistakes in terms of decision-making, substitution patterns, minutes distribution that he's doing now. All he did was give Randall's minutes to Obi. But really, can Obi be playing 40 minutes? Can RJ be playing 42 minutes? I mean, come on. So to me, it's just we're dealing with a coach that just has a set way to coach that it doesn't matter what type of players you give him. He's just going to be that way. And I just don't think that his style is going to get this team to where they need to. And I just think they need to make a change there with Randall. Not much more for me to say. We've everybody knows what's up with Randall Um, stagnates the offense.
2: We have no idea what's up with Randall, <laughs> I mean, yeah, um, Mentally,
1: I what's going on personally? No, I, I have no idea. <laughs> I personally don't think he's a great uh, um, He's a great three-point shooter. Just look at his sister. I, I believe five years of his career, he was under 32% from three. Mm-hmm. And to me, guys, and this is, I guess, I guess you can call it what it is. I don't want to take credit away from Tibbs. But last year, you had Alec Burks, Reggie Bullock, Alfred Payton, Derrick Rose, Julius Randle, Nerlens Noel. I just gave you six players, half of the rotation and a bunch of starters in contract years. They were all in contract years. So what happened? You got a set of players in a season with no fans in contract years that you maximize all of their abilities. Mm-hmm. But how are all of those players doing now with two, three year deals? Besides Rose, who I have a lot of respect for, he's consistent. How is Randall playing with, with the Max? How is Reggie Bullock doing with Luca Dontich in a, in Dallas? But how is he playing with, with with the contract? How is uh Alec Burks, which is not his fault, he's playing the point guard position, but nothing special to me, right? Like, how are these players playing now? Alfred Printon is not even playing. So, to me, a lot of the overachievement last year was a group of guys in contract years like Julius Randle, now they got paid and you're seeing a different result. So um, I just don't think it's a mix. Okay, one has to go. You get rid of Tibbs, but how is Johnny Bryan going to get Julius to buy in? You get rid of Randle, how is Thibodeau supposed to improve the decision-making just because Randle's not here? Is that going to change the way Tibbs coaches? No, it's not. (laughs) You saw it last night. He's still getting upset at players. He's still doing what he does. So I think... When you look at that, you have to make tough decisions in this business, man. You guys see it in the NFL every day. It yes. happens every I year. Think, People like get let go, and it is it is what it is. I think
0: – so here's my thing, though. Like, looking at – and I gave my whole spiel yesterday. I gave my whole spiel on this podcast. Gave it on KFTV after the post game. Why I would choose Randall. Over, uh, why I would choose Randall to move on from Randall than it is Thibodeau. And I think for Thibodeau, even though he is – It's funny how he likes veterans. I think he actually is good for young players to create that foundation, to teach them how to play basketball. And I think you can get one more year out of that minimum. And with these type of group of guys that we have, whether it's Quentin Grimes, Miles McBride, RJ Barrett, Obi Toppin, Emmanuel Quigley, there is some sort of level of respect that they give him because we heard at the beginning of this year how he wants to play with a faster pace, how he wants everyone to share the rock, how he wants to shoot more threes, move out and transition, XYZ in the third. And when you see, when you remove Julius Randle from the situation, you see just that we saw that the last two games. And even when we had all the young kids, when Randle was out due to health and safety protocols, the kids did play like that. They played the style that he wanted to play. Now I know his template coaching is not the greatest style of coaching. I don't think Tibbs is the guy that will take you over the hump to be a championship winning team, but just like what we've seen with the, the Raptors and the Warriors, where you have like a Mark Jackson, you have a Dwayne Casey, You need somebody who's going to set you up for that next guy to come in and take you over the hill. And I feel like Tom Thibodeau can be that guy. While Julius Randle, when I look at Julius Randle, I see a guy who is just, he just looks miserable, man. And I think for him, this all could have been avoided if he started the season and he didn't have to play exactly the way he did last season. He did have to play out of his mind and be that most improved caliber player, be like our MVP. He just had to give it effort at the beginning of the season and just help win games that we should have won. Like to see him not take on Wendell Carter and back him down and go toe to toe. That's questionable. When we played the bulls, uh, I think it was the second time and he's not taking the mismatch with him. Alonzo ball. Like, come on, dude, you can body Alonzo ball down in the paint. Just go take him down. Just go down there. Go get on the block and go to work. But instead, he wants to be a jump shooter, and he doesn't even want to play the way that Tom Thibodeau asked, which is, and Tom Thibodeau always says, when RJ and Randall drive and get downhill, it helps the team. You see, RJ does that, it helps the team. Even in the Hawks, even though he didn't shoot efficiently, as one beat reporter wanted to put it, he still helped the team stay in that game. And even when you watch last night, and even other games, even though they're out, of it, it's opening up. Everything else for guys like Quentin Grimes to get an open shot. It's helping uh, Miles McBride and quickly just find their game. It even helps Alec Burks play his role. So that's why I'm I'm fine with him for one more season. I think this is where the business comes into it. Regardless of who you, reg- even if you fire tips with his resume and everything, I think another coach is going to look at this job like, "Am I really just going to have two years?" Like I'm not. Fiz- like you, we can look at Fizzy and say he got he properly got the axe because he legitimately didn't do anything but you legitimately brought in one of the most winningest coaches in NBA history. And you only gave him two seasons. Sure. It's after coach of the year. It was like, they had everybody playing out of their mind, but he only got two seasons. You didn't even give him a redemption year to like see at least do something. I don't think that's necessarily inspiring for another coach to come in here. And that's why I would just do it one more season, remove Randall, because at least I could see these kids can play under Tibbs, for another season, like I said, he's not going to be that guy that takes over the hill. But at least I could, you could at least say, "Look, man, we'll give you one more season." We'll you, man.
2: No, <laughs> nah. But, but nah, man. I got to nah. push back. I got to push back on the tip stuff, man. Because we're we're talking about we want to talk about football comparisons. We can talk about football comparisons. He's a defensive head coach, right? And he doesn't have a quarterback, and he does not run an offense. Like, like. To keep it straight up He's Rex Ryan.
1: He's a defensive coordinator at the head coaching job. (laughs) That's why he got to get out of here.
2: Okay, for sure. I'll give you that. I'll give you that because I've been saying from day one, honestly, since he was with the Bulls, I've been saying that his issue is he does not know what to do with an offense. He doesn't run a game plan on offense. He just gives it to the guard. And he had a playmaking guard in D. Rose, and he was like, yo, figure it out. And then he had Jimmy Butler's like, all right, perfect. You two figure it out. And I was like, Just make sure you play defense. And that's what he stuck on. So he even
0: got Nate Robinson to do some work against the Brooklyn Nets. That's <laughs> what I'm saying.
2: So he's all about the defense and defense, you know, makes offense. So that's really his strategy, right? So I do think that he elevates players. So I don't think this, his whole strategy of, I agree with you that it's mechanical, right? You can tell exactly when he's going to make the subs, right? I can close my eyes. I can, I, I can tell you it's a TV timeout. You know what I mean? With six minutes off in the first, and I could tell you if there's going to be a sub. I could tell you with the two-minute timeout in the first quarter if there's going to be a sub. I can tell you that, and I agree with you, and it's predictable, and it's annoying. I'm totally with you. But he doesn't have a quarterback, right? So you saw what he could do with these mediocre players, as you see, on defense, right? I mean, we had a stretch in this season where we didn't have a point guard, or we, and we had stretches in this season where we didn't have a center. That's not like last year right and at, at certain points we didn't have a wing like you're talking about Bullock Bullock played defense Fournier does not right and that's what we switched in the lineup and we hurt from that you know with the totality of the circumstances with minus a point guard and minus a center in my, in my opinion and that's why there's a there there is a second step and you mentioned the JD right there there's something to that 3 year contract i'll tell you what it is to that 3 year contract it's leon rose being like bro i'll hire you but I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be with you 100, right? Like I have to have an out here. I'm taking two coaches at the very minimum. That's what that's
1: about. You know what I mean? So he's gonna get two coaches for sure.
2: <laughs> yeah. Th- so that that that's his prerogative. You know what I mean? And and the last point I'll make is, I know this might be elementary, but we actually get an asset if we lose Randall. Like we trade him for an asset. I mean, I I know that's elementary, right? You you fire Tibbs, you get nothing back except for. You know, n- no continuity. Now you're gonna have a rookie head coach coming in next year trying to figure it out. You're gonna still have a disgruntled Randall. Doesn't matter. You could bring in, you know, the greatest head coach of all time, and, and and he's still gonna be pissed off. You know what I mean? And it's, the chemistry around the team is still gonna be an issue. So, going back a little bit in this podcast, right, to what Alex was saying, like what you and you mentioned also JD with IQ, right? You you package IQ, you package Randall. And I don't think Johnny Bryan's here to be is here to be the head coach. I think he's here to be the assistant coach. And his boy is Donovan Mitchell. And there's all this smoke about you know Mitchell. So if the Jazz head out early, you keep Tibbs, you give him a playmaker like 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 you know Jimmy Butler. When you have R.J. Barrett, you give him a D Rose. You know the new the modern era D Rose, which is Donovan Mitchell, right? You put those two together, and now he has a team. You know what I mean? And that's what. I I saw too much from, from Tibbs with nothing. Like, like you telling me that the Knicks had nothing last year is my whole point. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, look what they did with nothing. Like, look, look, look at these players. Like the players this year showed you who they are, but look what Tibbs was able to do with them. You know what I mean? And, And that's what being a coach is all about bringing like making honestly gold. He made gold out of garbage last year. And look at these players, dude, the guys with Luka Doncic can't make a basket. You know what I mean? It, it, so, so let
1: me ask you guys this: If he yeah. comes back next year and the Knicks are uh, are a five hundred team mm-hmm. and they're a playing team, are you bringing him back a fourth year?
2: No, because then you have to resign him, right? Yeah,
1: no. Uh, well, he's got a five year contract.
0: Uh, you wouldn't have to resign him, but. Just pick up his, I guess,
1: pick up an option. You just pick up the, I mean, yeah, you just pick up that option. If it's, uh, it's a tough,
2: it's tough though. It's tough because I mean you have to but, sign but, but up. But that's what like, I'm saying. You, you guys, guys are be, walking
1: into, you guys are walking into See, the the thing is, he so has a, to do so much next yeah. year to even justify an I guess, additional year.
0: I guess my question would be, who is playing good next year? Game? My, my yeah. question is, who is playing next year? If it's this roster that I'm seeing next season and it's just a play-in roster. It won't be. It I know it won't be, but I'm saying if it is,
1: I'm not doing that. Because honestly, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm I'm saying. there's that. so much that needs to go on for us to really buy in. Example, Rose comes back. If Rose comes back, bye-bye McBride. He's not playing. He's not. Well, here, Here's the thing I'll say about
0: this, though, like for Johnny Bryant. Because if you give Johnny Bryant even a first year, that's tough, man. Like they're bringing a rookie head coach and then expect him to do wonders with this. That is even, it's, really bad, it's even tougher, bro. especially if he's supposed to be the heir. Cause you can't just say, Hey, Johnny Bryant, you know, we're going to push off one more year and bring in another guy. Cause he's like, yo, bro, I've been waiting. That's why I can take tips for one more season and then bring in Johnny Bryant, because then you could say, all right, Mitchell's in what, this is good. This is the first year of extension. Second year of extension. You could say he could potentially want out during his third season. You can make all those trades that you want. If that even is a reality, right? If that is even a reality because they're boys, and even for johnny bryant he doesn't have to be this offensive guru he doesn't have to be this he just has to be a people person he can get the coaches <laughs> to be those guys that's the issue with tibbs Tibbs I, wants I, to be the his wants to be the guy for everything he's like all right this is the x's and o's this is the defense this is everything JD, you brought this up numerous times on uh, nicks fan tv it's like he we don't see this man talking to his assistants whatsoever it's like they're off to the side you don't even see the collaboration Bro, Maybe. I didn't even know
2: that Aaron Brooks was an assistant on this team until I went the other day. <laughs> so you I saw literally him. went to the so pregame. You I'm like, bro, you saw him on
1: the MSG TV because he keeps coming down on the rows of the of the seats. He's now he's coming up because all these assistant coaches are leaving. So now he's like, whoa, Aaron Brooks, really? He was an assistant. <laughs> I had
2: no coach? idea that was a thing.
1: Um. So, but yeah, he, here's here's the thing. Um, I think. And you make you you make you make a good point, uh, Alex. It, I think Johnny Bryant is another dynamic to this, and and me being, me being more. I don't even want. I don't even know if I want to say realistic. It's just. I just think if I had to guess, I think that Bryant Johnny Bryant is Leon Rose's baby. He's he's the he's the, he's the crown jewel. Yes, yes, yeah. And 100%. because Leon Rose knows that I guess you you want to you want to give him the Steve Kerr role, you know, Tibbs was brought here to be Mark Jackson and, and Johnny Bryant is Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr didn't have any experience, right? Facts. So with that, right, like 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 you did with Steve Kerr. I think Leon Rose wants to make sure that when Johnny Bryan takes over this roster, he's taking over a roster that he can actually succeed in. Right. So bringing Johnny Bryan next year to me would be ahead of schedule in terms of how what they planned it. And even though it's ahead of schedule, it's not necessarily a potential roster next year that you would want to put a rookie head coach with literally no head coaching experience. You want to you want to expose him to that, even as you would think Johnny Bryan would be a coach with more flexibility. You know, every basically everything that the fans are complaining to Tibbs about Johnny Bryant would supposedly be the coach that brings you that brings you the opposite. However, I don't know that they feel that next year is the right time for Johnny Bryant. So I think that is another dynamic to let's give Tibbs one more year and then we'll be in year four. Johnny Bryant will be ready. Then we can give him, give him the roster next year. But I I would still do it only because to me, (laughs) because Alex, to me, That all that you know what all that proves, all that proves is when I asked you guys if we're five hundred team will you bring it back? You're like "Ah, I don't know about that, right? To me, all that proves that this is all on the front office, and I know I like I I, I criticize Tibbs a lot. That's the thing. To me, you're the front office. You got yourself in this situation hey johnny Bryan's ahead of schedule well he has to be ahead of schedule because you got to take that responsibility you got to take that accountability but and there's no time you No, know dolan is getting upset now he's starting to lose patience with this process stop coming he stopped coming to the games i noticed that you know <laughs> so, he's like oh wait wait here's the what thing we though. Doing?
2: here's the thing man how can leon rose with a straight face fire tibbs after two years ago he was the coach of the year he has the most improved player he brought a team that's nothing And he made them the fourth seed, the best Knicks team ever with with nothing. And then the next year, they had a bad season with no point guard. And then we fire him, right? There's nothing on the roster. We didn't give him anything. You can't. You can't even do him. that
0: with a straight face. You would just. You just can't, can't, can't fire him, bro. <laughs> you can't even so do. You, like, can you imagine, like, oh yeah, well, we gave him Kemba Walker at Evan forty, and he didn't do well. It's like, bro, yeah, exactly, <laughs> dude.
2: It makes no sense. Like, it doesn't. Like, it literally it doesn't pass the laugh test, right? If like, you're, like, imagine Tibbs is like, "Are you serious right now? Like, what are you talking about? Like, you know." So, you, if anything, dude, if I, I, will go with your scenarios, right? You, you trade Randall, right, to to end this, you know, poll question. You give you trade Randall, you give Johnny Bryant and Leon Rose their baby of Donovan Mitchell. And then you let you let Tibbs cook for a year. If he's if if he's you know, if he's a play-in at the end of the year, you're like, bro, I gave you Donovan Mitchell, I'll see you later. I'm gonna bring in Johnny Bryant, that's his boy, and we're gonna figure this out. You know what I mean? But if, if if you're gonna give him Kemba Walker and and make him go to the press conference and you know laugh about how he's gonna play every game, and then he ends up you know, getting benched after 11 games. Like, come on, bro. Like, I, I don't know if that's my employer. I, like, I'm, I'm, I'm throwing. i telling stuff, you right, I'm right now. I'm telling you right?
1: right now, guys. We're gonna be complaining about the same thing with Tibbs because next year, he's doing this with no pressure. Like, let, let's 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 be honest. There's there's no pressure anymore, right? Like, there's no pressure. It's anymore. on Randall. No, we Randall's know getting yeah. booed. Next year, we, it's gonna be Tibbs getting booed, bro. And, and yeah, and he's still doing the same thing. So, what makes you guys think? That in a year where he's coaching for his life and he's going to be clamoring the front office to get some players that he's not going to start playing RJ, who, yes, he qualifies as a young guy. It doesn't mean because he's a young guy that you start playing a young guy 42 minutes. What makes oh, you think he's, he's not going to do that next minutes, bro. year? He's, he's going to play 42 yes, minutes, I maybe agree. not per game, but he's going to get a lot of 40 minute games. Maybe. And, and then the veterans are going to play a lot. Rose is going to play a lot because he's going to be coaching for his life. Yes. And the fact that worldwide West has already gone to Dolan in year two, this front office may not get another year. You don't know how Dolan is going to wake up next year. You imagine we start next year and we're eight and and 12 in the first 20 games? What is that going to look like? And, and this fan base is going to start to rile up? Like, you know, this is an interesting thing. So I think it's more of this front office has to think, do we get additional time if we bring Tiz back and we try to sell Dolan on let's, you know, let's give the reins to Bryant? Or do are we running out of time? And therefore we have to make a decision now. I that's think it comes down to that. That's, conversation. that's another <laughs>
0: conversation. <laughs> that's a conversation. I wish I wish it could be a 5 I'm going to break that up
1: on I gonna break that up on Nick's Fan TV to CP because that's a conversation. Yes, that's a conversation. Is. That's is definitely
0: a conversation. Let's keep this thing rolling though. Yeah. People are we, we talked about the point guard position, we talked about Tibs not having a quarterback. People all over the Twitter world are asking for three names and some others, but three put names. Up another poll. Really put up another poll for that. Did put up another poll. Didn't get as much traction uh, as the other one, but put up another poll asking who are the point guard options that people would like, who would they like to see be the floor general for this New York Knicks team next season in the future, whatever it may be. And the players are Jalen Brunson, who is on the Dallas Mavericks. He'll be a restricted free agent. Colin Sexton will also be a restriction free agent on the Cleveland Cavaliers. Tyus Jones who will be an unrestricted free agent. He is on the Memphis Grizzlies or other. And some people respond with like Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, They responded to Zion
2: Williamson. Zion (laughs) Williamson. Not really
0: a point guard that I was looking for. Some people said Zach Levine just bringing Jaden Ivey. Uh, DeJounte everyone's asking for DeJounte Murray I don't know why <laughs> CK I blame you man for up <laughs> all the time bro uh, Cole Anthony is another one someone said John Wall anyone who's saying <laughs> John Wall one. please stop uh, Dame <laughs> or oh Mike Connolly Donovan Mitchell those are just some of the Connolly by the way my, my favorite one though is God uh yeah, someone said bring God to be the no. point guard. I don't even think God can save this team, bro. No, do that not
2: bring God, don't bring God into the Knicks' mess, bro. It's got like a lot going on, dude. It doesn't need to be
0: here.
1: He does not. Um, maybe we could call 911. They're pretty quick. 911. Hey, uh, <laughs> yeah. can I get a point guard? Oh, we'll be right there. And maybe that's point the guard. Only way
0: for us to get a point guard right <laughs> until, away. In, until, until you tell him for what team. Where are we going? Uh Masters, Square Garden.
1: Ooh. Ooh. Uh, we don't, we don't service we, <laughs> yeah, we don't, we don't service that county. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> so so JD, since you were the guest bro, I'm gonna ask you uh, do any of the three names, man uh, are any of those three point guards that I mentioned Jalen Brunson, uh, Colin Sexton, uh Tyus Jones, are any of those guys you wanted the point guard position or is there someone else that we're not even thinking of or someone that else that was listed that uh, was in the
1: comment section? You know what's crazy is, you know, and I'll bring up another guy because, uh, I, I, you know, I could bring dream scenarios, but um, guys that I think are realistic, those are, those three I think are realistic options. Malcolm Brogdon is another one that's a realistic option. But then you add Malcolm Brogdon to this list, right? All oh, these guys have question marks. Yeah. None of these guys are like, you know, they're on the Knicks. It's reported by Woj and you're like, Yes, we're a contender tomorrow. You know what I mean? Like they don't give you that. Now, each of them has their ups, their upside and cons, right? Uh, Brogdon, uh, tall, strong defender, um, can hit the three, has leadership skills. But then the con is um, he's not a true point guard. guard. (laughs) Um, And he's injury prone. So how available is he going to be? Right. So you got that. Then you go to Colin Sexton, 23 years old, a ton of upside, but how much do you hold his early, you know, successful failures in terms of the teams he's played on um, their lack of winning on him? Um, Some of the reports about his attitude and, and teammates and all that stuff. And how much do his numbers, do you put stock into his numbers being impactful, um, and then also he has question marks as a point guard because he's more of a scorer. So now with, now here we are again, does this guy develop into the point guard that you need? And then you go to Jalen Brunson, who might be a key reference in the NFL. <laughs> he, <laughs> he, he might be uh, the safest pick. Uh, in terms of that that terminology, he might be the safest uh, option. NFL draft
2: talk on your mind. Right. Draft talk on your <laughs> oh, mind. I can't wait, man. We're almost
1: there, man. I mean, I'm a Giant but We got two picks, so uh, Stay I'm Stay tuned stressed. to the end here. I'm Stay tuned to the out. end here.
2: We'll, we'll talk. We'll talk about the Jets and the Giants, <laughs> the top ten. We're going right.
1: exactly. <laughs> um, Jalen Brunson might be your safest guy, um, but then. I mean, you're paying a lot for how much more upside than when you get him. And, and also, does he give you just enough oomph, as they call it? And then you have Tyus Jones, who's, who's been steady. Um, but is, is he more maybe a little bit below Jalen Brunson into the question mark of, of can this guy be your 82-game starter? Is this guy that guy that can lead your team? So all these guys have question marks. If I had to, if I had to pick one, <sighs> wow! I <don't>
2: <laughs> if I had keep to
1: pick one, I keep, don't keep know,
2: it, man. Keep in mind, keep in mind their, you know, their status. Like being restricted free agents, they kind of have to sign and trade at the end of the oh day. Like, um, like, unless we to do like put twenty outbid the Mavs on a. What, 23 million, so they don't match it. Like, it has to be a sign. Oh trade. my
1: God, I'm gonna get killed for this. But if I had to pick one, I'm gonna say if Tibbs is the coach, I'm gonna go Brogdon. Okay, Woo. Tibbs guy. If Tibbs if Tibbs is the coach, yeah. I'll go Brogdon. If Tibbs is not the coach or oh, whatever, if he is secondary option, I'm Michael Collins Sexton. Hmm. If this front office and a lot of it is back channels, if it's front office that can't, if, if if we don't get a, a Jaden Ivey, like we don't get into the high end of the lottery, we don't win the lottery, we stay at nine or 10. We're not getting a dynamic point guard, right? You're looking at forwards or wings, uh, forwards or, or, or guards, shooting guards. Um, I'm going to go with the, the home run. Go for the home run. You're, he's 23 years old. Another thing is, he's a scorer, but he's an efficient scorer. Um, you know, he had 24 points per game in 2021 at 47%, almost 48% from the field. Early this season, he was shooting uh, 45% from the field. He was shooting low from from three. But here's the thing. The Cavs had had a successful year this year. They were seven and four with him. So I know that a lot of people, this whole thinking of, well, they started winning after he got hurt. First of all, it was only 11 games and they were seven and four in those 11 games. So he was going to be a part of a successful season, which that's what sucks about him is that he hasn't been able to get that because if he would have been on the roster, his stock I think would have been at an all time high because you guys know how this works. You're in a winning team. You, oh, you you could be an average player and your stock is just up automatically just because you're in a winning situation. Yeah. Just like assistant head coaches, an assistant head coach, he's on a winning team. He's a hot rising, you know. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Um Doc so, Rivers. yeah, right, whatever. Um, <laughs> that, that's my personal right So I would go with the <laughs> yeah, home run season. pick. Whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I would go with the home run pick in 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 Sexton, or I would go Brogdon Here's the interesting thing about Brogden. The only reason that I'm going Brogdon is he has two years left at 21 per, right? Mm. So you work on him in the offseason, you get him healthy. You get him here next year. Going into that secondary year, that that last year of his contract, he is entering a contract year. You have a nice contract at 21 million that you can use as a tradable asset. He's an expiring deal. So either, only two things can happen. You can either use that expiring deal and make him a centerpiece in a big trade. That team will be getting an expiring contract, cap flexibility, but also they're getting a player that's a good player motivated in a contract year, which is going to be his last contract. So I think Brogden's contract and him entering a contract year can give you future long-term benefits more than the short-term. So that's what I'm thinking with Brogdon using him as a future asset and you'll be attaining that more so than him being the the answer. Because I don't think any of these guys other than Sexton, maybe Brunson I don't think any of you guys are the real long-term answer. Yeah, but what are you trading for Brogdon?
2: Like you're talking about Brogdon, you know, flipping him as an asset, but in order to get Brogdon, man, like what are you what are you putting up?
1: Uh, on this team, I mean, do you want to use Rose? Do you want to use Fournier? Like, I, at think, this point, I think Rose
2: retires if he gets traded. I think he's kind of made that clear, too.
1: You know, I, that's the other thing about Rose, too. Like, I mean, you make a good point. I mean, let's be real. That's the only thing about Rose is the, the relationships of you guys gave me this contract. Uh, you don't want to be here. So
2: Yeah, exactly. I'm the backup, bro. Like that, you know what I'm saying? He's the bad yeah, I, he, I totally I mean, with you with the McBride. It
1: might be a point where unless Rose is like maybe waived or bought out or something like that to where we're kind of giving him the opportunity. Or if, I mean, I'm pretty sure if we were to trade him, he would have no problem as long as we put him in a good situation. In the end, it wouldn't be that because they're That's rebuilding. The thing. You got to put him in a good situation though. Like if you're
0: telling him, right. hey man, we're going to send you to the Clippers where you're going to be playing with. Quiet Leonard Paul George coming off
1: the bench, he'd be like, eh, why not? But you, you could you could look at a three-team deal. Um, that doesn't mean you you're re- you're routing plays straight to the pacers. You know, you mm-hmm. could look at maybe use that as an opportunity to, to ship Randall and just have Randall go to a third team. Brogdon coming to us and then use that third team and us to kind of work it out with the Pacers. I don't know how much is even gonna net at this point, just because we all know he's gonna be moved, right? They have they have Halliburton. Um, they have Duarte at the guard. Yeah. Uh, so so I, I think their backcourt is set. For I don't even future. know what TJ Warren's doing out there. Is he still out there too? Like um, I, been, I, I heard he's healthy, but they're just going to sit him out for the season and have him come back next season. So that's another guy there. Uh, you have Buddy Healed on that team. So I, they're pretty much set. Um, so Brogdon again, because I know Nick fans, they, 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 they go crazy when you say something. Brogdon to <laughs> me is more, I'm using him as an asset more than the answer. Sexton to me is the home run pick Uh, Sexton uh, Brunson to me would be you know we couldn't we swung for Donovan Mitchell we swung for Colin Sexton we couldn't get any of those guys Brunson is more of the safe pick it is what it is
2: so Mitchell's your dream pick
1: my dream player to come on the Knicks dream player if you if if I had to pick future dream
2: yeah, like, you know, like a, like a semi, you know, like a semi, semi, but like
1: obviously a dream, a dream on this team to me would be Devin Booker. Okay. Mm-hmm.
2: If he wins a chip, that would be tough.
1: Him, you know, if He's going to be there with Chris Paul. All right. But I mean, but I like my, 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 my angle in terms of one day, maybe making it realistic is I think him or Donovan Mitchell, you're talking yeah, about two, Mitchell, two years yeah. from now. Yeah. I think you're looking at two years from now. I don't think Mitchell's coming here ne- this offseason. So I think you're looking two years from now. They both have long-term contracts. And then how do the Suns look two years from now when potentially Chris Paul's not on, in the league? Sure. You know, and how does that look? So, um, but I would say Mitchell and Zion Williamson are the two guys that are more, have, a, have more of a path to the Knicks, especially Zion Williamson. Um, but I, Zion Williamson is not a dream option to me. Yeah. I would go I would go Booker, I will go Donovan Mitchell. Mitchell as my top two options. I can agree with that. But sticking with sticking with the guards, my guy's
0: been jailing Brunson this entire time. I mean, I have a, there's a whole mm. podcast that we have where I'm just going <laughs> yeah. off on just saying why, why I want money? I'd give him 80. I'd give him 80, 85. I think he's a solid, like good I think he can because watching watching Brunson and seeing him how he's able to play next to Luca is just really inspiring. Like ended he's not going to be, be ended. All, all three of them. Yeah. On yeah the no, court like, same all, time all, sharing a ball. Yeah. yeah. That, I mean, that Nets game was just phenomenal how they all played together, but looking at Brunson and that he's able to be a steady hand, you know, you're at least getting double digits out of him, which is why I'm not so high on Tyus Jones. Like he's good as a backup point guard. He comes in when Jaw's not there and Jaw's just tiring out anybody. Cause he plays most of the time. And it's like, all right, it's, it's like that. Uh, another NFL reference change pace back. <laughs> like he is legitimately a change of pace back. Like you're like, oh, wow, I'm going from 100 miles to like this steady guy who great uh, turnover to assist ratio, not efficient score. He's not, he, not going to impose his well on you. He's going to take the shot that's just right for him. And that's cool and all, but that sounds very backup-ish than it is starting point guard. Let me go get my 14 real quick like Jalen Brunson just gone out there and like, Oh, I'm about to get mine right now. And I can get to my point, my spots. And the fact that he's a 50% shooter from the field for like a six foot point guard, and can still shoot close to 40% from three offensively. That is very intriguing to me. And I still think there's a little bit more, just a tiny bit more upside, but his four is just so good enough where I just on this team for someone to play the point guard position, just to be consistent level-headed just that he's not, He's nothing crazy. He's going to be a steady hand. He can get his. That's all I need. Tyus Jones. I'd I think right. I, I, that's, you're, that's you're, a good I feel, point. Like, I feel like Tyus Jones, that's a lot of, like even I wanted to campaign last season, but my thought process was, oh, he played with Chris Paul. There's some mentorship there that maybe we can tap into by playing with Chris Paul. Tyus Jones is, that's a risk. Like you're, you're. Yeah. That is uh, like that is high upside. Like you're hoping for. There's no And you, you fall
1: for it. Last game, his last game, he has 16 points, 10 assists, no turnovers. So I know his agent is highlighting that game. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, this guy can be, this guy and can I, be a starter. And and I look at him and he only his highest his highest
0: game he's only done it once. Going over 20 points once this season, which Brunson's done it more than once. <laughs> he's even touched 30 once. Brunson at least touched 30 once this season. Tyus Jones game high was 27 this season. He's only topped over 20 points once.
1: Those type of guys could work best with with RJ. Um though, because like this season, Tyus Jones as a starter this season is averaging uh 12 points, 6.8 assists, 3.2 rebounds, 17 games this year he started. Yeah, those are solid numbers um for for a starter. And you know, with him and Brunson, like those kind of, you know, those type of players, um, steady players, you know what you're gonna get. Listen, if if RJ is going to be what, what what we're seeing, and he's going to be an integral part of the offense, he's going to be a focus. Then maybe you don't need such a dynamic, you know, point guard. And when we talk about pure point guards, that that's a dying breed, anyways. And then we look around the NBA: who's really a pure point guard? Who's Jason Kidd around the NBA? Other than Chris Paul, like who really is that? Yeah, you know, yeah. not really point guard bro. Steph Curry's not a pure point guard. That's crazy. That's a dude. fact. But and the
0: thing is too, with and, Brunson. The way I look at it is that. He can play on and off ball. Tyus is an on ball guy. Like he needs to have the ball. And like you want to talk about traditional point guard? It's like he brings it up, he passes it, does the whole thing. Jalen Brunson, like he plays next to Luca. Luca's a high usage player. It's like, all right, bro, you go do yours. I'll go do mine. Uh, I think that's more flexible for today's NBA. And that's why I like Brunson the most. Brogdon's cool. Not against Brogdon. It's just more of an injury concern thing. Yep. Like, yep. 100% I can't do. I can't that. do that. We were just yep. talking about wide receivers for the Jets, and John <laughs> asked me about Will Fuller. Like, what I th- I was like, oh, cool. So again, for three quarters of the season, I'm going to be asking, hey, I just paid this guy. Anyone hey, know this guy? Pulls a
1: hamstring. Exactly. Yeah. Run so fast, pulls a hamstring. Yeah. No thanks. And then I'm, I'm, uh, I'm Colin team, Sexton. I'm...
0: Come on, oh, dude. Colin
2: no, Sexton wanna... injury tough though. The se- the no, no, no. But here's my
0: thing with Colin Sexton because JD point like the potential flipping of Colin Sexton because I, right, there is Colin Sexton is a, a efficient scorer, high, high scoring guard. Like I wouldn't call him a true point, but the thing that intrigues me about him is that before his injury, this kid averages 16 drives per game. Like you want to talk adding him and RJ as like relentless drivers attacking downhill. And you know, RJ starting to get better at finishing Sexton's is a really good finisher. Like for, for a point for a guard, you add that, that's, that's different. That is, that's, that's the intriguing part of Colin Sexton. Although my one concern with Sexton is that can he pass, like, can he like take off the blinders and, and, and play like an off ball role? Like who's getting it to, who's getting it to Colin Sexton, right? Because there's going to be that disconnect. That's where I think last season, I said, if we got Colin Sexton and Lonzo ball, to go with RJ, that's fun because you can just give the ball to Lonzo and then you'd be like, yo, Colin, do your thing. Yo, RJ, go do your thing. We'll get it to you because we got someone who can figure it out. If you put both of them, I need somebody else to connect those two guys to make them like the efficient version I could see of both of them on the team. That's my thing.
2: Fair enough, man. Fair enough. Uh, I'm, I'm with you guys for the most part. I'm kind of with both of you guys here. If you're asking me for a dream scenario, I'm just trading. I'm not trading for Brogdon, dude. Like like I'm if, if I'm making a trade like with my guys, I'm not calling Brogdon, I'm calling Donovan Mitchell. I'm calling the Jazz. I'm giving them Randall. I'm giving them Fournier to hook up with Gobert. I'm giving them IQ and I'll give them three first round picks. Like that that, that that's what I'm doing. If they want Grimes, they can have him. I'll take the Rudy Gay contract, no problem. My Conley contract, if you don't want it, give it to me. <laughs> right? Like that's how I'm rolling with it. If if we don't get that dream scenario, for me, it's easily a Mitch Robinson for Jalen Brunson, straight up trade. We have Jericho Sinzel, which we you know talked honestly, like he's a he's a big time center. We talked about him like that on this podcast today. Hopefully he does turn out like that. He's expendable, Noel's okay. And you kind of bring Brunson, D Rose, McBride. That that works for me. You know what I mean? That that works for me. Uh especially if you upgrade a shooting card over Fournier. Like a real like a real shooting guard, a la Donovan Mitchell. But that 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 that's how I'm approaching this offseason.
1: It's gonna be interesting because that draft pick is gonna be a lottery pick and I don't and want it, bro. I don't then, want it. Just take it away. Take yeah, it. Yeah, you're talking about adding that there's one player there you gotta add, right? So that's one player, and then you free agency. So and then the thing is if they early projections in terms of mocks, if they stay at the nine ten. You know you're getting away from some guards, so you're looking at maybe Benedict Matherin. You're looking at uh, a Keegan Murray. Um, some people say Ty Ty Washington. I'm running away, <laughs> but you know you're looking at adding a guard wing. But then you're going into free agency needing another guard. So it's like, how many can you have? Rose is back. McBride, IQ. It's going to be an interesting offseason. The shocking
0: thing was, uh, we I think we've all said is that the fact that this team took four rookies. Last season, that is, I did not see that coming.
1: So I'm saying that's why Rokas doesn't want to come back. (laughs) I don't him. I don't think it's a choice. uh, To be honest with you, that's why he decided to stay in Europe next year. He said it. he's like, "Yo, I want to play minutes, man." Tibbs? nah, I'm not getting minutes there. (laughs)
0: Right. He's right.
1: All right.
0: Let's uh, let's do this real quick, and and then get into some football talk. Let's talk about the uh, upcoming schedule because W's. Easy.
2: W's, Ws, baby.
0: Ws. John Eric Spolscher's throwing the clipboard at Jimmy
2: Butler and Kyle Lowry's acting like his parents are fighting while they're on the court, bro. We better beat the Heat. I don't care John who's on optimistic. I don't care who's playing.
0: Welcome to this podcast. John is the resident optimist. Uh, he just better beat his, the Heat, bro. He just entered his 30s, so he doesn't know what it's like to be uh, a New Yorker Listen, man, being sour after 30 years.
2: <laughs> the Hornets are playing the Jazz, and then they're going to play the Brooklyn Nets at home for Kyrie's first game. And then they're coming back to playing the Knicks. Like, I'm just just letting you know, like, there is a scenario here where we're not completely dead and out. All we have to do right now, one game at a time, just beat the Heat who are they're they're having drama, bro. There's some drama there in Miami. It doesn't even have to do with us. We're looking good and they're looking bad. That's all I'm going to say.
0: All right, John. So we're going to, let's let's make this fun. Let's go up to uh, the next Hornets game. So we got four games. We got Miami this Friday, we got Detroit on Sunday, Chicago on Monday, Charlotte on Wednesday. What's it, what are you thinking?
2: If Alex Caruso's playing, I'll go. I'll go three and one. If Alex Caruso is not playing, give me the damn four and zero, bro. Give me the kids that we we're, we have a new swag. All of a sudden, Obi Toppin hasn't played all year. He's the healthiest guy on the whole floor, right? Like Derrickson <laughs> doesn't played all year. McBride, these plays like we've been crying because they haven't played all year long. Here, here it is, like. For me, the fact that the Hornets are like playing Isaiah Thomas real minutes like says it all for me. So just give just for the hey. next four games. If Back if Caruso's Isaiah playing Thomas out here, I'll take the yeah. I'll take the three and one. But if I, I'm I'm looking at four and zero, oh, bro. Just give me the damn four and zero, oh, please. For the love Woo. of God. JD, what do you we, jazz, next four games? Jazz Brooklyn for Kyrie's first game off to Denver, and then you got the Knicks. Like, come on, wait,
1: wait, bro. We're doing the Knicks next four games. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just yeah, saying, yeah,
2: yeah. but like, I, I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm just saying, this is where it's coming from. Like, I have, I have to just see it
1: all come together. All right, they're losing against the Heat. Um, just, I mean, I mean, you guys saw Butler fighting with Spo and all that stuff. I think that'll motivate them somehow. Maybe not, but I have the, I have them losing against the Heat. They'll beat Detroit. That Chicago game is different.
2: I know, Chicago that's what's interesting.
1: <laughs> I can see I I'm going two and two on the safe side. There's upside for 3 and 1 with these kids. There's upside. That's what I'm saying, that's what I'm saying. And that's the Hornets game, man. I think that, they that... beat Detroit and they definitely win one of those next two games, Charlotte or Chicago cuz they're both going to be home and after this road trip You know, especially coming off a potential win in Detroit as the last game of the road trip, going into the garden, there's going to be some fans going to be hyped, the kids, blah, blah, blah. So that'll be some energy there. And then I think they'll be ready to play against the Bulls. That'll be an interesting game. But Fred Katz just reported that Julius Randle and Mitchell Robinson are upgraded to questionable for tomorrow's game.
2: Uh oh. Breaking news. A little breaking I news. I don't mind the Mitchell Robinson part. <laughs> There's another part there that I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> uh oh. I agree
1: with the, you. On that. As CP says, <laughs> put the earmuffs on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man.
0: Uh, I'm liking the two and two. I'm liking the two and two. Now that you just told me that Randall's, if Randall's back. Four. Oh, and four? <laughs> I going to say knew was going to say that. are like, oh, and four. Nah, no, no. I'm not that crazy, uh. Because Chicago's that bad. <laughs> Chicago's bad. We could be. I so mean, not Chicago. Uh, Detroit. Detroit. Detroit's bad. Detroit's that yeah, bad. Like, wait, what? i was about to say <laughs> if you're thinking if you're thinking Chicago's bad, no, no, you know no, something. I mean, right I'm, I'm sorry. No, no, no. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get Detroit. I'm gonna <laughs> get they haven't Detroit. been great lately, I'm get, <laughs> but I'm like, wait, they're that bad? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm gonna get Detroit as food. Uh, <laughs> but no, nah, we could definitely beat Detroit if Randall's back. I killed the Hawks.
2: By the way, they murdered the Hawks yesterday. I would take, absolutely massacred them. <laughs>
0: <sighs> see, here's the thing. If Randall's back, I could just say one and three, because the way we play Charlotte with him, no, man, it no, just slows. Stop. It, stop. No, oh, and, and, and miles bridges will eat him oh, up, bro. Because bro, I've seen the <laughs> story, man. I just can't like it. I could see two and two. I'm going to say two and two just to be not that, but much of a Debbie down. It would be Detroit and Charlotte because, yeah. because if Randall's back, if Randall's not back, I can actually see three and one, but if Randall's back, which is what Dady's telling me, <laughs> I'll take two and two, but I would not be surprised if it's one and three, because the game is just different, bro. And I hate saying this about it. I hate saying this about him because I really do want him to succeed. But what we've seen this entire season just can't tell me otherwise. That's just a sad thing. That's just what it is. So I'm going to go two and two beat Detroit and Charlotte lose to Chicago and Miami. John, you got a three and one, or are you going four? And yeah, you're going I mean,
2: I, 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 I'm he's going going one, oh. I'm going six <laughs> yeah. and zero, oh. but exactly,
0: exactly six and zero, oh, baby. Oh man, six and zero. Oh. That's the only oh. way. That's the I only ask you way. me what you're smoking, John. What do you? I uh, oh, mean, I'm, uh,
2: I'm just <laughs> I'm smoking some kids, baby. Let's go, let's go.
0: Oh man. JD, who who is it that you got uh the Knicks uh beating
1: and losing uh, and losing to? Who is it? I got them beating Detroit. And then I'm gonna have them beat the Chicago Bulls. We're gonna lose to the just Hornets? Because, Oh it's over. Yeah, I will have oh. them going on a little two-game winning streak and then losing to the yeah. Hornets. Only because you know how you know how this works, uh Alex, is the ebbs and flows. I know they just beat the Hornets, so everyone is gonna think, well, they're gonna beat them again. But it's just like the Hawks. Oh, the Knicks are 3-0 and against the Hawks. They're going to beat them again on TNT. And it's just the ebbs and flows of how it works. The team sees you a second time and they play better, leads to a win. So I'm just going with the law of averages, um, not really any real analysis. I, I do think the Knicks have a better on paper chance of beating the Hornets than they do the Bulls. But I'm just going to go with the law of av- averages and pick them to beat the Bulls instead and uh, and and lose to the Hornets. And that's the okay. two. Okay.
0: All right. All right, guys. Well, that covers up for this next section. Now we can get into the NFL talk. If you've made it this far, this long in the podcast, salute to you. We really appreciate you guys. So let's get into this NFL talk just because I know J.D.'s dying to talk about it. We're Jets fans. He's a Giants fan. It's getting to, to, to getting to talk to the other side. getting to talk to the New York City brethren of football team. So let's get this thing cracking. J.D., you are, we, we, we already know, you made a lot of football analogies today. A lot of, a lot of analogies. <laughs> I do it on Knicks Fan TV all the time. <laughs> so what are you feeling, bro? What are you feeling for your Giants? Who do you want them to take in this draft, man? Better, um, yeah, what's it all supposed to pull back? Let's pull that back a little bit. How do you, What is the state of affairs right now for Giants fans moving forward right now? After free agency, how are you, how are you feeling? Well, uh, um,
1: Taylor. <laughs> yeah, Tyrod Taylor, um, Mike Lewinsky is going to be our new starting right guard coming from the Colts. Uh, we made some minor um, signings. I, I Nothing, nothing too notable. John Feliciano, who's going to play center now, coming from the Bills. We've signed Matt Breda, Speedster. Mm-hmm. Uh, running back has average. That's my almost, favorite pick so far. Yeah, he's averaged almost five yards per carry throughout his whole career. Um, he just hasn't gotten that extended opportunity. Maybe he'll get it here, uh, but also coming from the Bills, so I think right now what you're seeing is what you see when there's a, a rebuild. You know, um, low key, you know, minor signings, and you're looking forward to the draft, and 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 you know the draft being your main source of of just building the roster. And and when the new GM, you know, this is a big offseason season for for the Giants, just because we've introduced a new GM, we've introduced a new head coach, uh, new scouts, new everything for the most part, and um, and so we're go- we're going to start this new era, and and what a better way to start it than having two picks in the top eight, and 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 then also you know going into headlines with the quarterback position is Daniel Jones the future quarterback, um, et cetera, et cetera. He's not. He's not. Um,
2: Mr. Turnover. That's what we call him on this pod. <laughs> take
1: take, it, take <laughs> it easy, man. I'm in pain over here. You know, I'm trying, you know, take it easy. You know. We'll see. We'll see. It's okay, bro. Listen, we know how it listen, is. listen, J.D., this is my issue,
2: man. I need to hear some Daniel Jones slander from Giants fans. Like, how can you guys tolerate the guy who's addicted to turnovers? Like, I, that, that's what I don't get. Like I John, don't get
0: why John, you guys John Let's not be so harsh, bro. Let's not be so we were we no. we, we did want Sam Darnold.
1: <laughs> wait, wait. A, 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 am, am, I on a, uh, am I on a New England Patriots podcast? Is this the Tampa Bay? Is this the Rams podcast? Is this the yeah. Tampa Bay oh, oh, Like podcast? Like you guys are going so in, but I'm like, wait, is no, this? I'm just asking, ask, <laughs> I never
2: hear Giants fans be realistic, dude. I never hear Giants fans be realistic about Daniel. Jones. You're talking to and I, realistic I thought this one. would be the year. I thought this would be the year for someone to be like, oh, we don't know about Daniel. Jones.
1: But. I will say this. This is this is the year. Um, these <laughs> because I'm fully confident at the five or seven, the Giants will draft an offensive lineman. Andrew Thomas going into another year uh where he proved that he could be the future left tackle of the Giants. And I just think, you know, I just think there's gonna be enough. There might not be enough roster moves to give him everything that you would need. Um, just because you don't do it in one off season, we don't have any cap space this year. We will have cap space next year, um, but I think you'll have enough to evaluate him because you'll have Mike Kafka, who's the offensive co- coordinator, coming from the Chiefs. So you have that dynamic. You mix that up with Brian Dable, right? And 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 then you have Joe Joe Shane as the as the GM. So you have that infrastructure there of creativity. Modern, you know, when they want to talk about the modern offense and all that stuff, then you're going to address the offensive line, I think, enough to give him that. Still have Saquon Barkley coming healthy. Uh, we'll see Kenny Galladay in a new year being healthy under a new system. Kadarius okay, Tony who, when he did play, he was making a lot of people look silly out there trying yep. to tackle him. So can he be our version of, of oh, Tyreek Hill or something like that? We'll see. So there's enough and there's going to be enough, I believe, after this draft to evaluate Daniel Jones and see if he's the guy I I'm, I'm 50, 50 on it. I think, you know, if I had to pick, maybe he's probably not the answer, but I also don't want to go into the season saying definitely no without giving him that type of environment that I think he'll get this year. As far as, um, you know, the draft picks, I listen, man, I, I think a lot of it depends on what the jets do. So, Ooh. wait, can, can we do a little mini mock draft here? Yeah, we can do it. let's do it real quick. You, you want to do a little mini mock drive? So So, who do we have going number one? To I think, the, Hutch. think they're going Hutch. Yeah. Is that consensus, Alex?
0: Who's go, going number one for Hutchinson? Who? Hutchinson for Jacksonville? <sighs> Things are changing, man. They're even saying Neil may go number one to no, Jacksonville. No, 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 no. Chill
2: out, chill out. They, they I'm just,
0: defense. I'm just saying, bro. Yeah. I'm saying like that's some my graphs are out there, but
1: I think Hutchinson should be the number one overall pick because of who he is. So all right, so we have Hutchinson number one. So next we have the the Detroit Detroit Lions. This is where it gets sketchy for me. The next two picks are really where it gets sketchy for me. I have no
2: idea what Detroit and Houston are gonna do, man. What do you I think? mean? Some. Whoo!
1: I think it all comes down to. Do they go Malik Willis here? Because he's getting a lot of hype. Wow. Do they say, really think that they might? I'm just saying. Do they think that? You know, do they go there? Um, if not, wow. if That's not, crazy. I think their options are Kyle Hamilton, Kayvon Thibodeau, or Trayvon Walker. I think it'll be one of those three wow, guys Walker. if they don't go quarterback. Yep. Ooh! All right. Who is the, the Lions? Because I just think that the way that everyone's doing it is never going to happen. So there's sure. always going to be that surprise pick. I think Trayvon Walker could be that surprise. I think it is gonna be top be five pick. I think he'll be that surprise guy that kind of falls to the Detroit line. He has skyrocketed. I mean, yes. he had the best combine probably ever as at, at his position, running a four five forty. It's ridiculous. He's running safety speed and he's a defensive end. So, they may look at him as like that little Micah Parsons type, draft him at number two. So, I'm going to go Trayvon Walker. Mm. Wow. With the number two pick,
2: defensive end, defensive end, like that, and not Kayvon?
1: I think right. they go with.
2: Oh, you got it. I'll roll with it. You got I'll Kayvon? No, honestly, the, the, the Detroit Lions need everything.
1: And do you pick a safety that high positional no, value? You're the no, number. That's what I'm saying. To think, me, it's, it's either you're going DN or you're going with the quarterback, going with the home run play. I could
2: see the quarterback stuff just because they're paying so much to Goff. But if I'm them, dude, I'm taking I'm taking Evan Neal. I'm just calling it a day because if even if I'm wrong, it's okay because I took <laughs> Evan Neal and he's an offensive tackle from Alabama, and mm. you know I, I I can't go wrong. That's if I'm them, that's what I'm doing. Man. Or I can't believe that 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 it's just hard for me to believe that like Malik Willis is now the guy. You know what I mean? Uh, he's not
1: uh, to me, but you know how this so works. Weird. I know every I know. year quarterbacks over Two
2: quarterbacks in the top ten now. You yeah, lose it Kenny
1: today. Pickett with Kenny Pickett and, and Willis because I would pro, love That more than because anything, of their pro bro. days. Okay, fine. Let's go, Malik Willis. All right, Malik Willis, number two, number three, the Houston Texans. And don't cheat because the Jets are next, and you want to know who do you think the Houston Texans are I, picking? If I'm the Houston honestly,
2: Texans,
0: I take Iquannu. it's either Equanu or Evan Neal, he's got to go at this point. Like mm-hmm. I
2: will take Iquano. I will take Iquannu. If I'm Houston, he's a generational tackle, and he can move to guard. What else do you want?
1: I actually let's go with that because I would in under this scenario, I'm very interested to see what the Jets do if Iquano... Is picked before them, so let's yep. go, equino number three. Yeah, the New York, this sucks. <laughs> yeah, this are, sucks. are on the clock. Yep. Ooh, you got Evan B. You have Kavon Thibodeau, though. You have Kyle Hamilton. Sauce Gardner.
2: The, the, Sauce that's the consensus. I don't I don't know if you're if you've been part of the the Jets yeah. Twitter pool. I, we like yeah. the group think, right? So once one person says one thing, we all agree. Over the, the last answer. week, it's
1: been Gar- Gardner at four. Now, Gardner are four, right? So, I think it's one of those four players. Who who are you going, Alex? I'm just thinking about what the Jets need
0: because we've already had the reports of saying, well, we got DJ uh playing the one, and Bryce Hall, Brendan Eckles, all those guys aren't necessarily designated twos, and they're more on the cusp of being threes. They could be twos, but they could also be threes. There's also the need for I'm questionable if they want to go safety again, because they addressed it through free agency. I don't know if they want to do that again. Although Kyle Hamilton is a talent. I don't know if you want to pass up on a guy like that. The other thing is that I could see us wanting, like a was the one that the jets have been high on. If he's gone, I could see wanting Neil, but I don't see them just trying to take a tackle for the sake of taking a tackle and then make it more quarter after we just, got all these other guys at tackle yeah. right now. Um, unless you really feel like moving George Font. That's the question, but I don't think they're that high on necessarily doing that. Iquano gives you more versatility to play him right now. I'm honestly going to go Sauce Gardner. I think Sauce Ooh. Gardner is probably going to be that guy just because I know. I'm not thrilled about it, but I think that's what they might
1: do. Um, I think that they would do that Man, too. You mess me. I dream up.
0: I think
2: that I think I, honestly I think that they would do that too. I as I'm honestly, if it's up. me, if it's me personally, I'm taking Kyle Hamilton right in this spot because, in my opinion, I know it's not the most popular opinion, but I I've been watching Sauce Gardner tape. I watched Cincinnati a lot this year. Unfortunately, uh, they were they were nice against the spread. Anyway, he's a bully. He bullies players. If he can at the translate line.
1: that to the NFL, it's over.
2: But can he though? Like like he's he's going to be the number 1 he's going to be the shutdown corner he's going to be 62 and he's going to be staring at receivers like this bro like you know <laughs> like it's no longer you know the 511 guy from Toledo and so that's my issue with the whole thing he's a bully he's na- he's a nasty player at the line i lo- i love to see it i just i don't think he's as good as everyone thinks he is and so if it was me i'm taking
1: Kyle Hamilton but for purposes of the mock, I'll, let's go sauce All right, so number five, there's not much to say. You guys, he fell into our laps, Evan Neal. Franchise, right tackle, put him at the right. Andrew Thomas at the left, and that's that. And number six with the Panthers, I think here, they either go under this mock, they're going either Charles Cross, the tackle, or they're going Kenny Pickett, the quarterback. Mm -hmm.
0: I think they got to go Charles Cross. What do you got? For me, for number six, yeah. I think I think Cross is the answer. I think he's, the, he's a he's a guy that 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 really flew up uh, within the last couple of days. I mean, Pickett, uh, Pickett could be another guy that they can go if they want to like take a quarterback. Because I'm not necessarily sure if they want to stick with Sam Darnold, but if you're taking Pickett, might as well just trade back at that point, honestly. But it's the Panthers. Panthers do stupid things, so I don't really care. <laughs> I
2: think Cro- I think Cross is the guy, and then. In that case, your boy falls right into your lap, man. Trayvon Walker.
1: Well, in this case, are you taking Kyle Hamilton? I think, wow. Now I'm on the spot because I wanted yeah. Gardner. I got Neil, but on the board, I have Kayvon Thibodeau. Yep. And I have Trayvon, Trayvon Walker. Walker. And you got and Kyle, I have Hamilton. Kyle Hamilton.
2: <laughs> That's nice. I think. I love that right now. As a Jets fan, I'm hyped right now, right? Because I'm at 10. You're at seven. I can't lose because you have those three guys. Plus, we got my main man. And we're, we're going to name him at Tech because we're taking it no matter what. Mm. <laughs> go ahead.
1: I think I personally would probably go Hamilton mm. for Wink Martindale's defense. I, agree. I think because he blitzes over 50% of the time. Um. Him. You orchestrate the rush with the blitz and, and and then you have him and Xavier McKinney out of Alabama who had five interceptions last year. Probably would have made the Pro Bowl if the, if the Giants would have had any semblance of a decent record. Um, but I think if Kayvon is on the board, I don't see the Giants passing on him. Because of the whole I trenches agree. and their, you know, the whole position thing. So I'm okay. gonna go with Kayvon Thibodeau. I would probably go Hamilton, but I'll go with Kayvon Thibodeau there. That, that's okay.
2: such a Giants draft, bro. Evan, Neal, and Thibodeau. Two yep. players I want nothing to do with. You know, that, it, it makes perfect sense. I'm not <laughs> you got two
1: potential it. at some point in terms of mocks and, and projected, two potential number one picks fall into yep. your five and seven. You can't, you can't so so then if this if it's at this point, I think the Hawks. Kyle Hamilton. I feel like the Hawks are that
0: team. No, it's the Falcons. I mean, definitely. I mean, Falcons. Sorry, <laughs> I was I think, gonna say. Well, wait, wait.
1: Is Trey Young in the War Room? <laughs> yeah, it's Trey in the war.
0: might as well be, bro. Birds, they're all dirty birds down there. I don't
1: know,
0: <laughs> the uh, Falcons, Falcons, Falcons you, you, take they, Kyle Hamilton. They're gonna do that. You think so? Or did they go wide receiver? They literally don't have wide receiver. Nah, man. I think they're gonna take top. I think this team has shown anything. Like they took, uh, they took the tight end last year. They just took. They go for top talent. That's how this, te- that's how this uh, front office likes to operate, it seems like. So if they're going to take Kyle Pitts last season when it just didn't make sense, I think
1: they'll do the same thing with Kyle Hamilton. They'll go top I down. think they they'll might because I think if Gardner gets there, I think they, they would pick Sauce Gardner, but he's not on the board. So we, we could roll with with Kyle Hamilton. Number nine, one more. We'll go to 10 for the Jets, and then that's it. Yeah, of uh, Yeah, we're not doing the entire thing. That's why. Uh,
2: <laughs> of, course, of course, of course. That's the point. We're getting just the 10. We're getting the 10.
1: Kavan Thibodeau nice probably goes here for Seattle. Well, I picked him. No, he's the oh. one. he went to the Giants. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, so you have Trayvon, unless you want to go Trayvon Walker mm. or Jermaine Johnson.
2: Don't say Jermaine Johnson, because that's my pick at time. So for purposes <laughs> of this mock draft, you better not go nine. <laughs> <laughs> but either way, if, if both of those players go nine-10, I'm good with that. You know what I'm trying to say? I'm good with that. So in our in our little mock draft here to end Seattle. You got, you got Neil and Tibbs and we, oh no, another Tibbs and you love Tibbs and we get Gardner, we get Gardner and a defensive end in either Trayvon Walker or uh, Jermaine Johnson from FSU. And then we're probably going to trade the two second round picks in the third pick for, for AJ Brown.
0: I think they go D and to tackle it. here. For Seattle? Yeah, I think so
2: yeah. too. Yeah, I think so too. Oh, I, so, I, I got to keep watch on is uh Penning.
1: Yeah, I was gonna uh, say either to honestly realistic, I think they go Walker, Penning, or Jermaine Johnson well, well The Davis. last
2: note though, the last note is Ian Rapport said two quarterbacks in the top ten. This would be the last pick in the in the 10.
0: Yeah, they could do that too. Oh, so you just want to run with Geno Smith, you know, that's a good option too. All
2: right, so <laughs> Sauce Gardner, Jermaine Johnson. I'm down. You take Evan Neal and Tibbs. I'm I'll, I'll be hyped going into day two.
1: So so who who are you going with, Alex? For Number who the nine. Jets, no or the Hawks, the, the Hawks, Seahawks.
0: Um, I'm probably going with someone. I think Jordan Davis might be a guy that they go with too. Like uh just fill up that interior line for them. I don't know. That's what I'm thinking. Nah, no. I would go defensive end or quarterback here. I'll go Trayvon
1: Walker here. Trayvon right. Walker. I'll end with Jermaine I'll go with, Trayvon. I'll go with
0: Trayvon Walker. Oh,
1: that's, that's fair. I like that. So mark. at number 10, it's interesting. I haven't said anything. And John, I don't know how you feel, Alex, but John has been saying, Jermaine Johnson, Jermaine Johnson is the pick, which means your draft was just Sauce Gardner and Jermaine Johnson after you just went through a heartbreaker for Tyreek Hill, after you just were in hot pursuit for wide receiver. You guys don't go with a wide receiver here at 10? Honestly, bro, in this draft, I, I don't like Douglas just showed I'm trying to get some weapons for for Zach Wilson. So here's,
0: here's my thought. Those guys are established wide receivers that he's going after. I don't see any wide receiver in this draft that really comes onto the field and makes a name like a CeeDee Lamb or even a Jerry Judy there's no one like Jay that. Waddle. Yeah. There's no one like that. There's no one like that in this draft. I feel like if you go in the top 10, trying to take a wide receiver in the top 10, I feel like that's a reach for just trying to fill a need. So might as well just take the defense, especially since we've gone offensive heavy in free agency and even last season through the draft. And you got to get Robert Salah, some guys that he can work with. So fill out that edge, someone opposite of Carl Lawson and Then fill out that uh, secondary too. You're gonna to need another cornerback. So if you don't believe in Bryce Hall and all those guys, I feel like that just makes a sense for, for all of them.
2: Yeah, man. There's some there's some wide receivers in this draft. It's it's a, it's a pretty deep class. Like you got Christian Watson, you got Sky Moore later on. I mean, I love Burks for this team. You know, Drake London's fine, but I don't see us really spending a premium pick up there.
1: Someone you say drops, <laughs> yeah, he's nice. Too many. Oh, we got Thibodeau Burks draft. <laughs> CP CP just texted me. Did someone say Alec Burks? <laughs> <laughs> C- too much. C- CP's radar is always up there when it comes That's to Burks. Hilarious. Oh, That's man. Hilarious.
2: But, yeah, also, dude, don't sleep on Joe Douglas still making a, a move, dude. AJ Brown's
1: out no, there. No, no Kyle Hamilton here. Well, he went, he went to the Falcons. So yeah, yeah.
2: I love Kyle, dude. I love Kyle Hamilton, man. So. You, 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 we did not address the, the, the free safety. So, opinion. you guys are uh, saying
1: Jermaine Johnson here?
2: Hell yeah. That's an easy one for me.
1: Interesting. Interesting. Well, there you have it Jermaine Johnson, Sauce Gardner, Evan Neal, Kayvon Thibodeau. There you go. There you have it. Two tibs in the lost. state of New York. Look at that. And, Two tibs in oh the state God. of New York. And the Zags just lost, boys. Oh, man. One with a motor question and another one with a substitution question. <laughs> <laughs> not <Can't>, of course. <laughs> oh, man. yo, this is a good place to end it, guys.
0: Yo, JD, thank you for coming on, my man. Appreciate it. Please let the listeners know where they can
1: find you. Any work that you ca- coming out. Everything. Uh well, uh, they could definitely find me on Twitter at JD Sports Talk NY um and then you can also see me on Knicks Fan TV for the post game show. So uh the Knicks Fan TV uh channel. I do have my own channel but I've been focusing on the Knicks Fan TV platform. So find me on Twitter, find me on Knicks Fan TV and uh yeah, let's go Knicks, let's go Giants. Thank you guys for having me. It was a blast. We got to talk a little bit about everything. Um and yeah I need to ask
2: you one thing I need to ask you one thing before you go real quick real quick Baker Mayfield yes or no
1: no is this a family show because I was going to (laughs) say heck no
0: you can curse whatever you want hell no hell no hell no you can say fuck shit no one gives a damn on this podcast come on man (laughs) (laughs) hell Um, no all right, deal. All right, guys. Well, JD, if you guys haven't checked out JD yet, make sure to catch JD on Nick's fan TV. Make sure to go check out JD on Twitter where he gives you his takes. Just make sure to follow JD in general. Always great analysis, man's primo when it comes to his analysis. If you can't tell from this podcast, man, I don't know what you guys are listening to then.
1: But
0: Thanks <laughs> to JD for coming on. Appreciate it. And to everyone that tuned in for this podcast, we appreciate you too. And I hope you appreciate the work we're doing. So, you know what to do. Please make sure to subscribe to this podcast. We're on all audio listening platforms. We're on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, Amazon, Alexa, Stitcher. You name it, we are there. If you listen to us on Spotify and Apple, please make sure to give us a five-star rating. And if you listen to us at Apple, make sure to leave a comment. That just helps us out so greatly. Guys, we're also on YouTube. Make sure to subscribe for Nick's Common, Jets Common, ETC, period. Subscribe to the channel. Hit that notification bell. That way you know when a new episode drops. And when you watch a video, hit the like button. Leave a comment. Let us know what you guys' takes are. Let us know how you want to add to the conversation. We appreciate it. We'll respond. Don't worry about that. While you're over at the channel, we got winning picks weekly. John, video producer Greg. They usually go down the NFL slate. They do some NBA action, whether it's on ESPN, NBA TV. All right, ABC, TNT, it don't matter. They'll place their bets no matter what. So make sure to check these guys out. But they just did March Madness with our guy, Chip Murphy. So make sure to go check out the Sweet 16 and get all their takes over there. And last and certainly and, not least, and the
2: Zags just busted everyone's bracket. So, oh, man.
0: It. and last and certainly not least yeah I don't give a damn my bracket was busted last week bro I don't even care anymore (laughs) last and certainly not least please make sure to follow us on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok you name it we are there once again thank you for JD for hopping on the podcast and thank you for all listening we out let's go Knicks